You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff-style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft-clipping, high-gain, amp-in-a-box-style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. Hello, 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 and welcome back to this episode, which is brought to you by Sinusoid. Sinusoid Custom Cables. They're my neighbors to the north up there in Washington. They're beautiful human beings, and they make beautiful cables of all sorts and varieties. And we want to talk about TechFlex. A lot of you know what TechFlex is already. It's that kind of... uh, how do you describe it? Sort of a mesh material that slides over the cables, provides et- extra, extra? Yeah, extra protection. Um, and also is very aesthetically pleasing. You can get it in a wide, wide variety of colors. They've got some TechFlex options that you simply can't get anywhere else. So go to sinusoid.com, check out their cable builder, and make your cable dreams come true. And... Everyone will be happy. This episode is also brought to you by the Fear the Riff Expo. It's coming back August 11th, Brooklyn, New York City. It's going to be awesome. This year is shaping up to be even better than ever. We got more vendors coming in. We got some, shall we say, rather well-known guitarists that look like they're going to be in attendance, which is super exciting. I can't give too many details on that yet because... It's not 100% confirmed, but it's looking good. And I'm going to be there, and we will probably be setting up another sort of a VIP tone mob type package, and I've got some plans to make the event extra special for everybody. So if you want to come out Saturday, August 11th in New York City, Fear the Riff Expo number two. See you there. Go to feartheriff.com for more deets. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast. Uh, as you know, I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have, returning for a second time, Mr. Rick Matthews of Matthews Effects. Hello, sir. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. And it's been it's been right. a wild ride since we last spoke it on has been. a microphone. It has been, yeah. Yeah, how how are you doing, Blake? I'm, uh... I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. I'm feeling fresh. Yeah. Ish. Fresh. Ish. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I have a feeling in a few more days I'll be more fresh than I am right now, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. How about how about yourself? Are you you recovered from our uh, rather interesting uh, car ride we had to do at Nam? We had a epic car ride, one that we swore we would never we would never speak of again. Not me. I, but, I said uh, I, I said I would talk but, about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I've been doing great. Just busy, busy, busy ever since then and making uh making pedals, putting things on on PCBs. You do that a lot, don't you? Like you, you... I actually don't. I make my employees do it a lot. Mm-hmm. I just do all the fun stuff, you know. I do all the, you know, taking pictures and designing stuff and, you know, I make them do all the grunt. You work. do the creative aspect of things. And the and the yeah. podcasting. Yeah. Cuz you do that now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. We uh we started our own little own little competition show. You know, we're coming for you. Feels that way. Coming for you. It Blake. feels that way. It feels like you're you're gunning yeah. for me. Cuz there's definitely no way that people can yeah. squeeze more than one podcast in a day. There's no way. Oh, no, no. It's impossible <laughs> never happen. no one ever there's does no, that there's no room for more than one podcast no. yeah no no it's cutthroat the the community is very much yeah just cutthroat we we all uh we all fight we fight regularly <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there was like an anchor it's an- basically anchorman yeah, exactly there's an anchorman style throwdown <laughs> at Nam that happened it was really it's not like we all showed up to each other's events it's not like that happened at all yeah uh yeah but uh, good time. So, well, tell me about your show. We'll tell the, the listeners about your show and what you are kind of doing in that regard. And why is it better than this one? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but basically, yeah, what we're doing is is it's a vlog. So it's a video kind of blog type mm-hmm. deal. Um, podcast show. We We basically record it so you can watch it on YouTube. And then we are uh, finally getting around to uploading all the audio for it. So people can just listen to the episodes as well. Um, But we kind of talk about just a bunch of different stuff. I mean, we talk about Matthew's effect stuff, but we try not to focus on it too much because we want to just cover the general topics of guitar and stuff. But lately we've been playing around with pedals on the show, which has been really cool with really fun uh, uh, results. Nice. So you're really you're really gunning yeah. for that pedal show. That's what's really going on. I see. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Dan and Mick. We're, we're coming for everyone. <laughs> Matthew, this effect's coming for everybody. Official. Official. You must be real around the world. You path. must be related to Mike. You must be. It's the only way. Mike Matthews. Yes. <laughs> I know we talked about that before. Dude, I Okay, have you ever watched like one of the like demos with him? Oh yeah. Yes. With Mike Math, he is like my favorite person. <laughs> like he makes every demo that he's in like so much more amazing. I because just because he's in. I agree. I uh when yeah. last what was I can't remember. I think it was in the fall. Um, went to the mm-hmm. Fear the Riff Expo in New York, and he was just walking around outside. Oh, nice! And I was like, I was like, oh, it's Mike Matthews. Yeah. What is he doing? Oh wait, he lives here. <laughs> like like I was I was I was yeah. like what's electro harmonics doing at this show it's kind of small like it's just starting its first year I'm like oh well he lives in New York so of course he's here yeah he's just out for a spell. yeah he was just chilling yeah. uh chomping on that cigar I don't think I've ever seen him not always. chomping on that cigar that dude always has a stogie 
Does he smoke it though? I've never seen him smoke it. I, I, he just eats I've it. Never seen it lit. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he just likes the taste of it. You well, know? Clear, that is, that much is clear. He definitely likes the taste of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or maybe that's just part of his image. You know, I think it's a little of both at this point. He definitely seems to have a very cultivated, specific, you know, branding image that he portrays. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I, I, I should yeah. really let him tell the story himself since he actually did it. But um, before Leon over at Pelican Noiseworks, uh, like, did anything official in the pedal world, um, he went to New York and uh-huh. was like, did like some sleuthing and found the electro harmonics building. Cause he, it's not like super advertised that that's what it is. And went in, yeah. went in there and was like, Hey, you know, can we go see Mike? And the, well, this one guy was like showing him around. was like, yeah, I guess even though they weren't really supposed to <laughs> somehow he sweet talked him into it. Yeah. And him and his wife went up and like hung out with Mike and in his office for a little bit, which I just, it was at the time it was That's like, amazing. yeah, at the time I was like, this is the best thing. It still is the best thing, but it was like, you know, we were so far removed from the industry at that point, either of us that like, yeah, it was even more amazing. <laughs> it was just That's awesome. weird, but yeah. So he said, that's awesome when, uh, when business owners are that accessible and that, well, that's kind of the thing. He's not really some, but he's, you know, Leon just yeah. turned the charm on somehow. So Leon is very charming. I would agree. You pedal builders seem to have yeah. that about you. Well, you know, we do what we can. So what else have you been up to, Rick? Other than the car ride that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I keep bringing that up to make it oh, weird. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. People will never find out what it means either. <laughs> they they, they but, might. Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, it's just kind of the, the same old, same old. It's, it, for me, it's constantly looking at how can we innovate? How can we do things differently? How can we improve upon what we've already done or what everyone else is doing? Um, You know, it's about being big fans about everyone else in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, this last Winter Nam was so good. So many people brought their A game to Winter Nam. Um, that was insp- it was really inspiring for the industry, I think. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So you got uh you've got all kinds of irons in the fire right now, but like lately, at least in the uh Facebook group world, it seems to be like a lot of buzz about some of the your limited run stuff you've done for your group. Um you got any more plans to, well, maybe you can elaborate on what some of that was. And then do you got any more plans to do more of that type of stuff in the future? Yeah. Or what are you thinking? Yeah. And, and just so everyone knows our secret esque it's not so really secret anymore, but our exclusive Facebook group is called the Matthews effects innovators. And in there, we just post a lot of content that everyone else doesn't really get to be a part of or to experience um so it's really cool if you really like the brand and you want to feel you know a part of the brand and feel the community it's really just like grown really fast and really awesome um it's super positive community also which is really cool but kind of record uh to reward everyone in that group we do exclusive um pedals limited runs you know we've done a guitar pedal building event where we live stream build a pedal with you and we're actually gearing up to do another one this summer. Um, 
but yeah, we do exclusive pedals. Like we did the father, which was had the cosmonaut algorithm, the astronomer algorithm, and the astronomer gold algorithm all in one pedal. And you could choose between one of those to have active on the pedal. And that was probably the most popular one that we've done so far. And then all those uh those custom faceplate ones were uh were I'm not gonna lie, they were tempting me hard, yeah. but I couldn't find any really cool art that I just had to have. But those were those were cool too. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did wood toppers and you could basically get custom art. We did that for a limited number of people. And uh so people really got into that, which is fun, right? I mean getting a pedal with your own artwork and then also it laser engraved into wood. Um was just a really cool, fun experience, I think, for them, but definitely for us, too, just being able to see some of the artwork that these guys did. <laughs> it's good times. No, I, I like, I like what, yeah. you're, what you're doing, and uh, I, I don't know. I've, always, I've told you that a million times. I think you're doing some interesting things, not just in the product side, but the presentation side as well is, is, is fun. I don't, think you were, uh, I don't think you were doing those scavenger hunts either last time you came on, though. I'm not, now I'm starting to think about it. You came on like two years ago, wasn't it? It's been a while. It was a uh, yeah. long time. But you don't write, you don't call. It's not true. I do both of those things <laughs> on a regular basis, and no, you know yeah. it. <laughs> don't you let people think otherwise? No, it's um, we would do stuff like that on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and I still love Instagram. But I think everyone can agree Instagram's not what it used to be, at least. And so we kind of moved to doing a lot of the exclusive stuff in the innovators group where people are a lot more active and they, they just engage more. I think that's a big part of it. Well, it's easier um, for them to see. And it just yeah. creates a place. Yeah, it's easier for them to see and for them to people to talk stuff out, especially with like this last one we did. I mean, I tried really hard to stump people and they still figured it out within can't remember how long, but it wasn't very long. I mean, I had like this clue pointed to another clue, which sent you to this secret website, which had an audio clip of Morse code. <laughs> so it wasn't even like like you had to literally figure out the audio Morse code, which then led you somewhere else. And like people still crack that way faster than I expected. I mean, got to like hire professional. I, I don't get. You know, I don't get wrapped up in stuff as much because I'm a little bit busy. But those those scavenger hunts get me every yeah. time. I'm like, okay, here we go. And I rarely am. <laughs> I rarely figure it out before somebody else does. Although I have a couple of times. I just didn't say anything. Um, but they're a lot. Yeah, they're yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> they like a yeah, digital scavenger hunt. Yeah, you know, it's just I want it to be. I want the relationship to be more than just. Hey, these are our products. Give me your money. You get the product, and we never speak again, mm-hmm. right? Like, I I want people to feel like they're a part of the brand. I want them to be a part of their daily lives, you know, not just when they're playing and everything like that. So, and I think we've really cultivated something special in that group for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Like, it if it was just about selling product and trying to make some scratch i think you and i can both agree we probably would have picked a different industry if that's all it was about oh yeah it's 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 about like getting the opportunity to to engage with cool people and like-minded people on a regular basis i mean in my own experience like we you know had a client 
uh, in a completely different industry that was, it was a very good, you know, you know, paying client, but they were so yeah. terrible to work with that we, I was just like, why, why, I might as well just stay at the job, you know, like my job is more yeah. enjoyable yeah. than working with them. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. just kind of parted ways. And because like, it's not necessarily about, um, like you say, just selling product. It's about, you know, kind of having this, uh, this community around things. It makes it, that's what makes it fun. Like as long as, long yeah, as it can sustain exactly. itself and we can continue to, you know, basically digitally hang out with the people we want to digitally hang out with. That's, uh, an extreme, extreme reward in my book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all about the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's what the, yeah, that's what makes, that's what makes the pedal world so cool for sure. Yep. That's what makes it special. So I'm trying to dig back into my brain, back into the last time you were on. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember, um, we talked about rat gear. It seems like a little bit. And we both kind of had a have, blossoming yeah. interest in it at the time. Mine kind of fizzled out, but I don't know where you mm -hmm. landed on that. Uh, I'm still obsessed on like not uh, not so ne much necessarily the rack gear, but like I'm still super um, super wanting a, a space echo. Oh, really bad. Yeah, I know that feel. Which is kind of like a you know standalone rackish but oh man i want one so bad i'm i'm it'll probably be one of those things where i get and then i i don't necessarily use that often but still really want. i yeah i know that's i know that feeling i really would like one of those as well but i i did get something much cheaper that surprisingly scratched that itch uh like really well um and i didn't expect it to be as yeah. good as it is I don't use it very often because I don't want it to break, but mm. it's the, let me look at the <laughs> model number real quick. Dead air is great for podcasting. Uh, the Univox uh, EC880, I believe. I couldn't see it as good as I thought I could. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a like cassette-based delay. I think I've talked about it on this show a couple times. Yeah. But, um, have you messed with those at all? Have you ever seen one? I've never personally played one, but I've read about them, and they seem super cool, like and very unique. Like they kind of have their own, their own thing. They do. They're definitely not a space echo for sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah. they do. They do sort of have that that vibe to a degree. Um, yeah, and I understand now when people are like, "Oh," and this is you know kind of not even what they're talking about, but like I understand now, like when people say the the middle ground or the, uh, the tape echo, like real tape echo. Like we played, we've all played simulators. Um, and the, a lot yeah. of them are really, really good, but the real thing, there's yeah. something about it. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, all the little quirks and the pops and the warbles and how every machine is a little bit different. It's just, I don't know. And the way it saturates, it's, that's the other thing. It's funny. Cause I mean, that's, that's literally all like vintage stuff. Like you look at germanium diodes or, you know, you can name anything really just any of the old stuff. Like what makes it special tubes, you know, is, is really the inconsistencies mm -hmm. in the, 
in the technology, and that's what adds its character and its warmth is it not specifically working how it necessarily was designed. To. <laughs> I mean, that's two bams. Like you said, that's like a hundred percent, like where rock and roll came from is from a two bamp not doing yeah. what it was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a uh, really interesting. And then we, you know, this whole industry has popped up around trying to make these little boxes sound like two bamps that are not performing how they're supposed to perform. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be unique. Can you think of anything else that fits in that category? Um mainly just audio stuff, you know? I mean, you got hi-fi stuff with record players and 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 stuff like that, but I can't really think of any other technology that really celebrates older, technically inferior technology. I can't either. I mean, that it doesn't I mean, you w- I think it's all Go ahead. No, I was just to say, I think this also has to do with just sound in general is so interpretive. Right. It's not like, you know, it's not like a touch or smell or anything like that, I guess. Like, it's it just, I don't know, it's like less of an absolute science. You know, it's not, it's not an absolute, this one thing or this other thing. It, certain things people interpret different ways. Well, and that's something that uh, I've been talking about. I talked about it. Uh, on the episode with Nick Greer and with uh, on the last chasing tone episode, I think, or maybe the one before that, mm. um, like the way we perceive things is different based on like your physical, how you're built basically like your, your yeah. ear is physically a different size and shape than mine. And therefore mm-hmm. we are going to sa- hear things differently. I mean, there's some general things that we can all agree on, but, I know for a fact that there's guys that can hear things that I can't hear or can just barely hear or, or oh, would not pick up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, and if you don't believe it, just try like shaping your hand around your ear sometime and you can totally change the tone of what you're hearing mm-hmm. just by how you're changing the reflections of what's coming into your ear. So, so how do you like your whole business is based around making things that sound awesome. And obviously that's worked pretty, pretty mm-hmm. darn good. Uh, how how do you design how do you go about um designing things with that knowledge you know what i mean like with that in mind knowing that joe blow is going to hear it differently than you do you add more range or do you even think about it you just make what sounds good to you yeah i mean what's really important to me is is creating things that will work across multiple applications because even just differences in us physically hearing you have you know, pedals that sound great on this guitar with this amp, then you put it with a different guitar and a different amp and it sounds completely different. You know, I know you've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to have something that is really applicable to any situation that you're playing in is super important. And I try to create stuff that has a really wide range. So you're not playing in this box necessarily, or maybe it's just a bigger box than what you normally would. Right. Um, and then when I'm designing stuff, I just, I try to do that. I try to play it across multiple things. Um, I have the excuse to collect different kinds of amps and (laughs) guitars. So I try to try to have one of everything and try to play, you know, single coils, humbuckers, P90s, everything through every pedal. And then American style, Brit style, crunchy, you know, all different types of amps. Do you ever try different instruments? Keyboards or something? 
Yeah, not not so much in the designing phase, but we love doing that once we kind of already kind of move forward with stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, generally, if it sounds good on guitars, it's going to sound really interesting and, and cool on other instruments. Um, and then you can just get different different responses, especially with how EQ works, you know, and if you have something that's, um, you know, like transistor based fuzzes sound very different depending on the input that's going into them. Right. And so playing, playing with line inputs versus, you know, your guitar input and how a keyboard synth signal plays with it compared to a guitar signal is always really fun. Nice. And it, I mean, that's, that's part yeah. of the fun for me too, is like I was playing, there's times where, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this, like where I, I can't hardly play a note on the guitar. Like I was just like, I yeah. just pick it up and be like, what is this thing even? I don't know what it is. Why? Why yeah. can't I play it? And, it, you know, just everything sounded terrible no matter what. And so I like, well, I still want to play something. So I started playing the piano and it, that night, for whatever reason, it was just working. And I, I started thinking like the little kind of piano riffs I was playing. Like, how cool would this sound if it was mic'd? And then I ran it through some fuzz pedals. Like, I always am thinking about yeah. almost no matter what musical instrument or endeavor I'm doing, I'm always thinking about this would be cooler if I could run it through pedals. <laughs> I don't know uh, what yeah, part of totally. my brain that is, but um, I know on our record, we, we definitely ran some vocals through pedals and did some other, like, pedals were all over that thing, so. They're not just for guitars. I think that's what's really great about, yeah, and I think that's what's great about the pedal industry in general has really taught and encouraged people to experiment with different stuff and to not just use what they're given. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in recording, a lot of people are used to just, oh, okay, this is the reverbs that are in the DAW, or this is the delays in the DAW, in the DAW and that's all the that, that they ever use. Mm -hmm. And I think pedals really encourage us to try different versions of things and mix and match and try it in different ways that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of talked about it here and there that, but I'm starting to see, and maybe it's just cause I'm paying more attention. It seems like a lot of synth players are starting to, in addition to like their massive modular setups, they're starting to roll pedals into it here and there. Um, and I don't know if that's oh, because totally, yeah. I don't know if they've always done that. And I just am now noticing or if it's because like companies like Dwarfcraft and Maleco and, and and other companies are just real synth based or not synth based, but they they have fingers yeah. in both worlds. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen that trend or not. Yeah, I think they've I think they've always kind of done that. Um, I think predominantly when you see them using pedals is because there's not a a rack or a modular version. Um, and so they're like, well, well, this sounds awesome. I still need this. So they, you know, they get a little floating pedal board that they'll have above their keys so they can tweak stuff while they're playing. Mm -hmm. I love modular stuff though. And that is one project I want to work on this year is getting a Euro rack version of some of our stuff, which I think would be really fun. That would be really cool. That would be a, yeah, that would be a fun time. That, that world is so intriguing to me, but like, I'm, I'm scared from my wallet. like. I'm already at yeah I'm right. Already, There's so much to buy. Well, I'm already addicted to pedals, and I feel like that's just another level of that. Right? Like, uh, whole new playground. Yeah, that could get dangerous in a hurry. Although it it does fascinate me, and 
had a couple synth guys be like, "You're it's super, you're cool, in Portland, yeah. and you are interested in th- synths, and you're not taking advantage of it." I'm like, "Uh, is this a big deal over <laughs> here?" They're like, "Uh, yeah, it's like synth, one of the synth capitals." I'm like, "Oh, I mean, yeah, danger, Will Robinson. Um, that could be hazardous." But yeah, so you said you've been collecting some guitars and some amps. What have uh, what have you picked up? Yeah, since we last spoke. Since the last time he spoke, man, since it was a while ago, I think I'll just cover everything because I don't remember what I had back then. I don't either. Um, yeah, my current amps, uh, I have a Silverface uh, Twin mm. that I really love. It has, it seems to have a lot more low-end response than Twins normally do, so it's really beefy. Mm-hmm. Um, my latest one acquisition has been my Benson Earhart, ah. which I love. Yes, I joined the club finally. Good man. Um, Chris Chris made me one, and I loved it. We used it at our NAMM booth, which was amazing to have. And um, probably my favorite amp currently. Uh, for the QC station, we run a Hughes and Kettner Tube Meister. Okay. Which works great for that. And I got a 57 Vibrolex, all original. Um the tweed is like an amazing shit. I remember I that. understand how the tweed. I remember when you posted yeah. it. I was like, oh. It seems like somebody asked you if it was a reissue. That's how clean it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, that thing is just my pride and joy. And uh, I've been pairing my, um, you know, I think I dated it. I think it's 63 or 64 Supro mm. that I recently got. Cool. Um, guitar, and um, I'm not even sure. I think it's technically a duo tone from the '60s. Um, yeah, those 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 uh were so weird. With trying to figure out what they are, yeah, wouldn't think it'd be that hard. Yeah, the models and everything. Yeah. Um, but that thing, man. Um, you know, you you play a bunch of different guitar brands, obviously, and people will be like, you know, all this. These Gibsons have a really unique character, and you know, Fenders have a really unique character. And it's like, it's true. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah, you know, they sound unique. These things sound so different. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're completely hollow and made from, um, uh, what's that material? Um, they make boats out of it. Uh, is it, I, I don't know about yours specifically. Yours isn't one of those fiberglass ones, is it? Yeah, it's a fiberglass. Is it fiberglass? Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's it's completely hollow and it's made out of fiberglass and the the resonance tones tones that you get out of it are awesome. And it's like as soon as I played it through fuzz, I was like no wonder like Jack White and different guys love running these things through fuzz because you just get this really boomy unique characteristic to it. So and the the pickups are completely different too. Like they look like humbuckers, but they're not, right? Yeah. Technically, I don't. I don't even know how they're wound. Um, who was it that we were? It was Roni, right? That we were hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Were you there when I bought it? Uh, were you at that show? I was not there. It was at the Oregon Guitar I, Show. That, no, I was at the year before. I wasn't at the one where you bought that. I don't. Uh, I don't think. I think it was Leon. I think Leon was. There. He must have been. Um, and Paul, uh, Roni of Roni Roni Guitars, mm-hmm. uh, was there, and we were hanging out, and. I thought this thing was a reissue and he was like, no dude, that's, that's an original. What? So went over there, checked it out. 
it's pretty amazing. And uh, he was like, yeah, dude, you, you got to snag this up. Nice. Well, he knows that he it. knows a lot about yeah. those style of guitars, too. So it's kind of like, he, ins- he kn- yeah, he, kn- he knows a few things about guitars, you know, <laughs> just a couple. Well, yeah, he's played one. He played like a, he played an electric one. Yeah. I'm sure he's, yeah, you know, yeah, plugged one in before, maybe. But I'm I'm trying to remember I, I, the, the pickups in my Roni are based on some of those style. And they're they're technically single coils, although nobody thinks that because they look like humbuckers. Um, well, it was it was funny because he introduced me to a guy at the show who actually did the redesign for Super. You talking about their um, Mr. Like- Ken from Roadhouse pickups? Yes. Yes. I think that's who it was. I'm pretty sure. And I was like, oh, what a quinkadink. He knows. He knows the thing or two about pickups. I keep saying yeah. I'm going to get him on. I, yeah. I'm going to, I got to text him and get him on. Cause that guy, well, he was, uh, he, I talked to him at the Supro booth, like my first name. And he was like melting my brain with, oh, with yeah. pickup knowledge. I was like, I didn't know that there was that much to know about pickups. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It gives you a whole new appreciation for, for what's going on mm-hmm. there. I'm just like, I like P90s, derpa derpa der. But (laughs) meanwhile, there's guys like dissecting them to the molecular level over there. Um, It's pretty amazing. Anyway, I interrupted. I'm sorry. Pickups are kind of like planes. They're magic. Yeah, they just work. We don't understand how they work. No, no one does. They they just work, and that's that's good enough for me. I'm with you on that. As long as they continue to work, we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh no, yeah, just uh Paul is also I need to get a Roni guitar cuz I've been drooling over them lately. Going to have to talk to him. Yeah, I'm not sure what guitar. what the situation is. I know. I think I might be looking at the used market, but talk even so. Give, give him a holler cuz he's I think he's got something up his sleeve, but I'm not entirely sure where it's at, so he would be able to advise you yeah. on that. I love my Oceana so much. I play it almost every day. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, you also have like one of my favorite Les Pauls. I don't remember if we talked about that last time. Oh yeah, yeah. You still have it? I yeah, no, I do. I got pretty lucky with that thing. Um, I got it in a trade. It's pretty much my forever Les Paul. Um, I was not a Les Paul guy. Like I always loved the look of Les Pauls, but playing them, I was just never like. They never felt right. Mm-hmm. And a guy offered me this one in trade, and I was like, eh, okay, worst case, I'll just trade it for something else. Right. And ended up like loving it. Like, it's got t- coil tap pickups, um, so I can do the single um, um, brain fart. The split, single split coil, coil or humbucker yep, sound. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, um, and then just the feel of the neck is really comfortable. To me, Les Paul necks are usually really kind of fat and bulky, but this one just plays really good. I found that with Les Pauls. I'm, I am a Les Paul guy, but I found that, yeah. that um, you got to find the one. I've got a couple of them. Yeah. And I've talked about my custom before, but it took me a long time to find. I Back in the day, you know, because we're about the same age, we were coming up, and and the music, you know, not to date ourselves, but yeah, th- there were certain bands that were big <laughs> at the at the time. One of them was My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was a big fan of their, you know, their big albums 
uh, Black Parade. I didn't, I wasn't like a super yeah. fan of all their stuff, but I still to this day love that album. And Frank Iro always played yeah. a white Les Paul. And a lot of the hardcore bands and stuff I listened to played the white Les Paul. Um, yeah. And, but Frank is the one I, I remember the most for some reason, I, just because I was an impressionable teenager, mm-hmm. I guess. <clears throat> and so I was, yeah. I was searching for one for a long time, but I did, started to think I didn't like Les Paul Customs. And then, I got mm. the magic one. So that all that to say is if you think you don't right, like right. them, you got to just keep trying. Cause and then when it happens, it happens. Yours is one of my favorite Les Pauls I've ever, uh, I've ever played. I really liked it. You got a good one. Yeah. Got a, I got a special one there. What is the model on that technically? And uh, it's, I, I look at, I've looked it up so many times and I always end up forgetting, but it's, the Gibson Les Paul something custom two, and it's got the flower pot inlay, mm-hmm. and then it's got the natural wood finish, and they only made like a hundred of them in that finish. Oh, I don't think um, I knew so that. So it's even more special. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So they only made a hundred of those, and no, it's just really yeah. The flower pot inlay and kind of everything about it is just really unique. It's, it's a great guitar. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what else you got? Did you go through everything? Is that the list? Uh, I got a a sixty two AVRI Telecaster, mm-hmm. and that one I hunted for a long time because I really wanted a double bound official Fender Tele, mm-hmm. and the only ones that they made were the sixty two reissues, um, which really surprised me. I thought for sure they would have had more models that had the double binding. I would have too. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's like one or one or two other models, but that was the only one I could find when I was looking for them and um, hunted for that thing for like six months that I got it. And, you know, the black with white, it's got a nice wear to it. Um, pickups are, I, I really like the neck pickup, but I think I'm going to change the bridge pickup. Um, What's the matter with it? That thing is, that's like, it's just, eh, you know, it's like it, it sounds good, but doesn't, you know, doesn't captivate me. It's not the best tele pickup you've heard. That's what you're getting at. Yeah, I really like the neck one. The neck one sounds really good, but the bridge one is a little lackluster. I'll probably change it out with something else. I don't know. Okay. And then I got a Strat build that Walsh Guitars is finishing up. Oh. And I, I started and I just. I just needed some finishing work. I wanted it to turn out right, so I kind of handed it over to him to to do some finishing work on it for me. That will turn out good. Excited to get that one back, hopefully soon. Yeah, it's like gold with weather cracking on it, and mm, yeah, that's something that's something special. That's gonna be super awesome. And then I got a I got a paler bass, which I really love. Paler's stuff is phenomenal. I love all of his stuff. Very good. Oh, I remember you that bass. I forgot about that one. Yeah. The thing is killer. Hmm. It's it's a killer? Who did it kill? It's a killer bass. Uh, it's heavy enough to kill. <laughs> you seem to have a thing for the heavy. Your Les Paul is quite hefty, too. That thing is beefy. It's. I don't... Every time I play it on stage, I'm always like, what am I doing to myself? It's. it's Why am I self-destructing? No, it's good for you. It's fine. It's so heavy. Yeah. I always try to tell people, don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's exercise. 
You don't have to deal for it. You don't have to deal with it for twenty years. You know. Yeah. You'll you'll deal with those neck problems. Later. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, just stretch it out. You'll be fine. You get one of them inversion tables. Yeah. You'll dangle upside down like Dracula. You'll be okay. It makes it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then if you hold the Les Paul in the inversion table, it'll stretch you back out the other way. It'll be like it never happened. Yeah. Exactly. Just go to space. You'll decompress your spine. Yep. Elon Musk will launch you in a car. He'll launch you up there, and you'll be fine. You just float around for a little while. Service. Yeah, yeah. SpaceX, the spine decompression yeah. service. Most ex- yeah, space chiropractor. Chiropractor. That's your that's your next career. If this pedal thing doesn't work out, you can become a space chiropractor. Yeah, I've already been building up with it. You know, with all the space themed pedals. That's what I was thinking. To just you know. Yeah, get people used to the idea. So, speaking of your space theme pedals, you recently gave, you mm. recently made a controversial statement about your beloved <laughs> your beloved space yeah. theme pedals. You mind repeating that again? I Yeah, so I said I said the cosmonaut is better than the astronomer. To be fair and honest, whatever pedal I played last <laughs> is my favorite pedal at that time. Because then I'm just like, oh, man, that sounds so good. But I do think that the cosmonaut does not get the uh, the street cred that deserves it, and it is arguably better than the astronomer. Well, I will say I lo- I like them both quite a bit. I will say yeah that m- most of the time the cosmonaut would slide into what I play for music better. Um. Mm-hmm. I think they both sound brilliant, but they're their own thing. And the cosmonaut for me would be yeah. more usable across the board. That's just that's just, m- and that's what's kind of great about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I came out with it, you know, is because I wanted to be able to kind of hit both camps. Because some people do like modulation verb better than shimmer verb. Yeah, maybe for those who don't know, you can explain what we're I like. Which one's which? What what's going on here, Rick? Yeah, true. I've never so heard of Rick cos- Matthews. Yeah, before. the the. <laughs> Yeah, the cosmonaut is our modulation verb. Uh, so inside the feedback loop of the reverb, you have modulation happening. And there's a few other, you know, secret recipe things happening as you adjust the um, the modulation on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is uh, labeled anomaly on the pedal. So you got kind of the spatial anom- anomaly that you're you're adjusting. And then the astronomer is our Hall Shimmer reverb. Yes, and so in its feedback loop, you have octaves, and so every time it feeds back into itself, it kicks it up an octave, and another one, and another one, and so on, and so on, and so on, and basically gives you this kind of angelic choir string quartet thing happening behind everything that you play that follows the key that you're playing in. I I think that I asked you this before, but I don't remember. I've asked a couple people this, mm-hmm. and in I've always been curious. I like I know that's how how shimmer works. But I've never heard any yeah. other interval applied to the, the tail of a verb. Have you ever tried that? And what did it sound like? If you did, my experience yeah. is that certain interval. The problem with that is it sounds great on certain chords, mm-hmm. and then on other chords, the interval doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not the best at music theory but what is music theory i don't even know right yeah 
there's certain intervals that don't sound good with certain chords, right? You know, so that's the problem with that is it sounds good on certain stuff, mm. but it doesn't sound good on everything. Whereas if you do just a full octave, it sounds good on everything. Right. Yeah, I've always wanted to try. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to try a fifth just out of curiosity. I assume the reason that mm. there isn't one that I know of is because it doesn't sound mm-hmm. good. But I've always, you know, yeah. I want to find noisy, weird things. So I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff. It, it would be cool to have that as a variable that you could choose. Mm. You know, hmm. the inversion. Hmm. Yeah, interesting thought that you had there, Rick. You heard it here. You yeah. heard it here first. Maybe even, maybe, maybe even an expression control. So as you're changing notes, you can change with it. Mm. You go like slide up. You got a fifth, go. and then you like you you do a little sweepy sweep, and you got a seventh sprinkled in there. That. That would actually be pretty amazing because you could play like a C and then change what's going on in the background. That would be so awesome. You should do that. That would actually be pretty, that'd be pretty epic. All right, we got to delete this section. Well, you know, got to keep this uh, top secret. I mean, don't, don't, I mean, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that, Rick. You shouldn't do that ever. I don't think anyone would like it. It's a bad. Yeah, bad. yeah, no, it's uh, no one. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Nobody even pay attention. This is a boring section. Yeah. yeah. Just skip, skip this. We should probably talk about something more interesting, like the shrimp. Shrimp. You remember the shrimp? What was it? I don't remember what it was about, but we talked. Wasn't shrimp something? We talked about shrimp. The shrimp on the last episode, and I. Oh, the shrimp. Yeah, it was the, the shrimp. shrimp. But I don't remember yeah. why we were talking about it, because I didn't go back and listen to it after that. After Facebook reminded me that that was a thing. It has pretty huge implications. Does it? And I think um, it does. And maybe that'll be a clue in the next scavenger hunt that we do. Is what did uh, what did what what was the shrimp in uh, Tone Mob episode? Ooh, that would be fun because I would have to play yeah, along because I don't are. remember what the shrimp was. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a good idea. All kinds of nuggets getting sprinkled like, in would- this thing. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have a leg up on anyone. No, I. I literally wouldn't. <laughs> it would take. Yeah. It would take me the same amount of time to go back and listen that it would take anyone else. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. this is brilliant. Um, see, this is why I like you, Rick. You're always thinking. Always thinking about. Got to think. Got to think ahead. Got to think towards the future. Sea creatures or the past, in this case. Yeah. Or is it a sea creature? What is it? I don't know. They'll have to go back to listen to find yeah, out. Yeah, maybe it's not a sea creature. Maybe we're talking about some little dude. And he was referred to as the shrimp. Yeah. Could be, for all I know. You gotta you gotta go listen to find out. I'm I hey wait, I actually do have a leg up because I'm recording this and I can choose to put it out whenever. That's true. <laughs> I can go back and, and do my sh- you know, yeah. find my find do my research. I could be a shrimp boat captain. Yep. I don't know. Shrimp gumbo, mm. shrimp, I don't remember. All shrimp salad, shrimp steak, shrimp stew, I don't remember. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember, we, it seems like we talked about this a little bit at NAMM, but uh, has your pizza preferences uh, pretty much remained the same? Or now that you're able to eat more stuff, has things uh, opened up a new territory for you? Yeah, you know, they uh 
it's actually kind of stayed the same. I mean, so for people who don't know, like I, from the same month that I started my company, I was diagnosed with a uh, autoimmune disease that was pretty debilitating. And the last couple, last six months, I had two surgeries, basically correct it, blah, blah, blah. So I can eat whatever I want now. And I still get predominantly, I, I get pizza without cheese on it. Just because now I went without cheese for so long that it's just like, it's almost sickening how much cheese is on pizza now. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go without it for so long and then it's just like way overload. It's like, okay, this is way too much cheese. Do you, well, you like, can you go like light on, you say, tell them, hey, light on the cheese there, Papa Murphy's or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, predominantly, I go to Mod Pizza, so they make it for me oh, yeah. while I'm there, and I just go, I just go no cheese. I just do sauce and meats and gluten, and it tastes delicious. That's a that's an interesting approach, but I can see that I, if you ate I, it. I'm sh- I'm sure that sounds super weird, but it's good for me. It does sound super weird. I'm not gonna lie, because I, I always imagine cheese is yeah. like the glue of the pizza, it holds everything together. Yeah, but I can see. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to give you a pass on it because if you ate one way for so long, like, and that's like, mm, that, ta- that sounds good. When you, if you like yeah. adding cheese in, it almost makes it a whole different thing. It's almost not even what you become, you came to know as pizza. Just, yeah. I mean, without it, it's almost like a flatbread, you know, almost sandwich type thing. Cause it's just flatbread sauce and meat. It's like an open face. Flatbread sandwich. I, I wouldn't even call it pizza. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it pizza. Mm, well, at least you're at least you're honest about it. Some people are trying to tell me yeah, that. At least I'm not putting weird fruit. Yeah, I mean, I can give the no cheese a, a pass, but he starts putting that evil fruit on top of I, it. Bleh, yeah. bleh. I didn't know that it was or ketchup on macaroni and cheese. Did you see that? I did. I don't even know what to think about that. People, do you do that? Do you do that? Do I do that? You can be honest. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you think that of me? It's so wrong. It sounds so wrong. I don't. I didn't. I can't. I can't wrap my mind around that one. I mean, yeah. I'm all about like you do you. Like I'm down with that. But I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I. I don't know if I could. I don't know. I don't know if I could see that. I mean, it's almost. It's almost equivalent. It's almost equivalent to putting marinara sauce when you're getting um, uh, what's the white sauce? Uh, uh, like you know what I mean? Like no, I don't. What do you say? Uh, what is what is that? What is that white sauce on pizza? On pasta? Oh, on oh Alfredo, Alfredo. Alfredo. It's like it's like putting marinara sauce and Alfredo sauce on pasta at the same time. Like it's just wrong. I mean, I could, I could, no, again. I could do that way before I could do the ketchup on mac and cheese. Ketchup and ketchup and mac and cheese is just all seems wrong. To me. I just don't, I don't know, I don't know. I just looked at it and went, "Is that is that for a person? Well, like a person supposed to eat that?" And now you, and now you can get ketchup slices. Ketchup slices. You heard, you heard that right? No. Yeah. Slices of ketchup. Explain this. I'm so confused. It's like hard ketchup. Have you ever seen like um, forgetting what they're called? It's like fruit. Um, it's like fruit rope. It's it's like really textury. 
Like it's kind of like a natural natural fruit roll up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fruit leathers and things like that. You yeah. know, fruit leathers. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Fruit leathers. It's basically that. It's like ketchup leather. Mm. I don't think. And you put it on your sandwich. I don't. Mm. I don't. Mm-mm. I don't. Don't think that's a good idea. I don't like it. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, there's some things you just like. You know, I'm, I try to keep open mind, but sometimes you look at things and you just go, hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's some doors that man was not meant to open, <laughs> and that's definitely one of them. I I mean, I I could see it. Let's oh, let me let me back up a couple steps. I could see it in a situation where you were, you know, hiking in the wilderness, and you just you couldn't mm-hmm. go more than a couple of days without having your very special, yeah. you know ketchup sandwich or whatever i don't know i don't i can't think i'm trying to i'm trying to wrestle it. that is that is that an application or maybe maybe it's for the just astronauts really, yeah astronauts just really busy people on the go you know you just you don't have enough time to squeeze out ketchup <laughs> i mean you can relate right i'm yeah you, totally you don't have time you can't be wasting your time you just want to peel it out and slice it off that's I don't have the hand strength to just be squeezing ketchup bottles all day, you know? No? Maybe we need to get you one of them. I gotta save that for my PCBs. <laughs> Maybe we need to get you one of them grippers. You know, you squeeze, you just can sit there, <laughs> you know, while you're... One of the uh, guitar trainers? Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You can, while you're programming code, you can be, like, working that hand so that one day you, too, can squeeze ketchup bottles like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. Seems like a work. My dream. <laughs> You'd lay awake at night thinking about the fact that you can't squeeze ketchup bottles. Yeah, some people want to stop world hunger, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to squeeze ketchup. That's a, yeah, are you restricted to, like, the packets? That's how you got to get your ketchup fix? The lofty goal. You just have to I mean, go to Carl's then Jr. You gotta, and... Well, then you got to... Yeah, but then you're talking about ripping ketchup bags, you know? I mean, that's... Well, I figure you had scissors. That's a whole other problem. You got scissors, though, yeah. right? Well, then you got to squeeze the then you got to squeeze the scissors. You know, it's oh man, it's a chicken egg situation. Oh, this is yeah. this is a bad deal. So does Jared open your ketchup for you? <laughs> yeah, he um he has to apply ketchup on all my meals. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things you got to do as an employee. Right, so uh, of Matthew's effect. We got a new job opening. And uh, I don't even, I I don't squeeze my own ketchup. You, you gotta you gotta do that for me. That, that's a good plan. Hey, he's your employee. He's the worst job ever. I I could think of worse jobs <laughs> than like a ketchup ketchup applicator. That's true. For There's for people who don't know, Jared is a is a, was he your first employee or like just your longest? He wasn't. He wasn't our first, but he's definitely been with us the longest. Yeah, um, he's and and yeah. he's the one that uh, that when I see him at shows, I make fun of him for no reason, and then he makes fun of me for valid right. reasons. And then you guys both turn on me. Generally, yes, that's the way this goes. It's a, it's a, vicious, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> uh, and then he has to go put ketchup on. Rick sandwiches. Yeah. From, you know, for my lunch break. Mm-hmm. Very, very high maintenance boss. 
you should do a video where Jared has to put on your your ketchup. I, I would like that a lot. Um, yeah. So we're getting kind of close to the end. Um, do you have mm-hmm. any parting thoughts or wisdom or nonsense that you want to leave this the listeners with, other than the image of someone having to make your sandwiches for you? <laughs> Uh, I would just say that we have some crazy, exciting stuff coming up over the rest of the year that I think people are going to be very jazzed for. They're going to be doing jazz hands because they're so excited at what we're going to be launching. So I would keep track with us. Check us out on social media. Join the innovators group if you want. You don't even have to own a Matthews Effects pedal to join the group. You just got to join. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun trip. I guess one thing we should talk about that group a little bit. Um, it's mm-hmm. not all Matthews effects all the time in there. They talk about other stuff too. No, no, like totally. Like, yeah, cables, pedal boards. What other brands they're using? Fruit leather, whatever. Doesn't matter. Fruit leather, shrimp. Yeah. Gotta gotta listen to that episode to find out go back i don't remember the number even i'll have to post it in the show notes or something because i can't remember because it was a long time ago guys it was a long time ago a while ago but you need to come down uh next time you're uh in in portland maybe come by the shred shed and and maybe we'll do a little yeah we'll do a little shredding maybe we'll do another cast sounds good maybe we'll do a video or uh... something I'll bring a bunch of stuff to let you try out that you then can't talk about. Oh, that's my favorite thing. You know that's my favorite thing, right? is trying out stuff that yeah. I can't talk about. I do that all the time, and I love it. Yes. Ray. But uh, no, I think I'm going to be heading that way not too long. I'll definitely have to do that. Oh, well, come on by, good dude. Come on down. Come on down. Bring my own ketchup. I can squeeze it for you. You don't need... Jared doesn't need to come along unless he just wants to. I'll I'll apply the ketchup for you. Uh, this is getting weird. <laughs> getting weird. It was weird from the minute the mic's going uh, hot. You know it. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Hey, we didn't talk about the car ride. So. Uh, do you want to talk about the that. car ride? No, 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 no. Let them let them wonder. One day we're going to talk about the car ride. Uh, it just in, just in, involved a, involved a stuff. It was like a clown car type situation is what we had going on. A little, little bit of a clown car situation. Yeah, yeah it was a uh, it was not something I I would like like to revisit. Just if if I have nope. any say nope. in the matter, I'd like to not. Do if that. if I had known that that was coming, I I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have chosen that that trip. But you know, it happened, and we're moving on with our lives. We'll talk about it some other time. All right. Thanks for right, thanks man. for coming on, Rick. Uh, check out MatthewsEffects.com. Yep. And for Rick, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. So I got to I gotta tell you guys, at this point, I still have not cheated yet. I have not went back and listened to episode 26. So I don't know if Rick has a legit scavenger hunt planned. I don't remember... What the shrimp is, yes, I did have to go back and look to see what that was. It was episode 26. I don't know what the shrimp is. I still don't remember. I know it was a thing that Rick said, 
that I was involved in and talking to him about, but I forgot because it was a long time ago. So I'm just giving all you tone mobbers a, uh, a heads up. If Rick does do another online scavenger hunt type thing, apparently the shrimp's going to be part of it. And that's in episode 26 of the tone mob podcast. There you go. I don't know if he's going to do anything with it or not, but hey, you know, you should email him and ask him. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. I hope you all will check out all the tone mobbery on the interwebs, the Facebook group, the Instagrams, the whatevers. We're all over the place. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Info at tone mob. To- info where? Info at tonemob.com, and I will be sure to get back to you as soon as possible. So, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Have a good week. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company. And I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style. Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.